Some of the biggest earlier exposure for the Speed River team came in compliments of 5,000 and 10,000 meter athletes. Reed Coolsat lit up the track a little over a decade ago, winning Fisu Silver in the 5 back in 2005, collecting four national championships and representing the Canadian national team in the event at a world championships. Well, teammate Eric Gillis wore the red and white at the Beijing Olympics in 2008 in the 10,000, taking home a national title in the event as well. Since then, the club is known for a lot more than those event groups, and those athletes have moved up to the marathon, achieving some great things in that race. But that's not to say that the 5 and 10 groups are any less potent now. There are fresh faces carving out names for themselves in those two events, and their aim is not only to match, but eclipse their teammates' historical accomplishments. This week, we tell their stories. You're listening to Something in the Water, a look at the University of Guelph and Speed River track and field teams, brought to you by Sidious Mag. On this week's show, we look specifically at the 5 and 10,000 meter event groups and some of the athletes training for those distances in Guelph. We'll chat with former junior record holder Heather Patrick about her time in Guelph, dealing with injuries, and what the future holds for her. Evan Esselink, the Canadian 10,000 meter champion, will talk about the accountability of living with other high-performance athletes and his move from running in the NCAAs to a post-collegiate environment. And Ross Proudfoot, two-time Canadian cross-country champion, will show us around Guelph, including some great workout spots and places important to the team. To start off, though, we'll check in with Coach Dave Scott Thomas, asking him about the club's storied past in the events. We were known as a 5K group for a while. Guess what? Reed Coolset is a very good 5K runner, and Eric Gillis is a very good 5K runner. So, you know, that, that early time, our strongest athletes tended to be in that range. There's probably a couple other reasons in there as well at that time. People were running lower volume and less tempo, and so we were able to capitalize on a relative thinness of, of that event range in Canada, but that wasn't intentional. On my part, that is, we weren't looking for an empty niche. Those were athletes that were buying in. That was the type of training we were doing, and then they had success, so we got identified that way. But my duty is to coach to the skill set of everybody I work with, so if they're a marathoner, you try to do that. If they're an 800 runner, you try to do that, and I've never really bought into that notion that you have to be an uber specialist really granularly drilled down on one area that much it's energy systems my background in the hard sciences and energy systems is pretty solid so uh, i don't know that's just numbers and it always goes down to the personnel you have in your relationship with the people uh taking a look at, at your 510 group now uh you have guys like ross proudfoot who's just knocking at the door a couple couple years in a row now uh, for the five you have evan esselink who is the current canadian 10,000 meter champion. Uh, who are some of the guys, you know, who are just coming up that, that we should be watching for? That's a good question. We have a few more that'll run over 10K quite well. I mean, I think Evan's got a, a huge upside. You just look at the, the things he's able to do in some of the training we've got right now. And I believe we have yet to pull together the, the optimal 10,000 form. And I think that ideally is something we'll pull off in 2018. Um, but then you look at Trevor, who's just moved here, Hofbauer, and I know he's on the roads a bit more right now, but there's a guy who's, he moves so well, he's going to run a heck of a 10,000, and Connor Black, uh, you know, a young guy, we tend to look at multi-year arcs on these glide paths right now, so he's somebody who's going to do some damage, Braden Seneca pumped in there a couple of years ago, and he's still running, still training, ready for National Cross this year, so I think we have a very nice group, 
in the 29-minute range around there. And then the question is, can we get anybody to punch through into the 28-mid-low range over the next couple of years? Ross's Road Trip. Two-time national cross-country champion, Ross Proudfoot, takes us on a tour of Guelph to see all the best workout spots and places important to the team. Ross coming at you from the back seat of uh, the Volkswagen. We're just about to head out on our tour of Guelph uh, and Speed River spots. I've been running Guelph now for eight years, seven, eight years. Um, I started in uh, 2010 for cross country here with the school and I've ran post-collegiate since uh, 2015. So um, I've been here a while. I know quite a bit about uh, the club and the spots and uh, hopefully I'm a good enough tour guide for everybody. Um, So we're right out front of a trail we like to call Possum. Um, So this is kind of like our uh, bread and butter 60 minute loop from campus. Um, it's through a bunch of cedars and then through the back you get into a little bit of a hardwood forest and uh, there's a nice little climb at, at the back section of the trail uh, that has an awesome lookout and stuff like that. So this is a Tuesday, Thursday afternoon run, 60, 65 minute run for the high mileage kind of guys. So if you're doubling that day, you know, easy 20 in the morning or something, a little bit closer to school, get to class and then kind of once you're done for the day, get out here and de-stress a bit on uh, some gorgeous trails. It's definitely uh, probably one of the most scenic uh, runs you can kind of do. Uh, it enters through a bunch of cedars that uh, basically create like a 200 meter tunnel and 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 so it's it's pretty awesome to get lost back here especially uh, you know when school is a bit heavier you have have a few things weighing on you. Um, so this is a place we term gun club and so the name just comes from there's actually a, a police firing range um, back in on one section that we don't really run through um, and so that's the reason obviously for the signs and stuff like that but essentially there's a long uh, service road through here and then some loops on the far end that kind of uh, keep you away from from the actual firing range area which is pretty key Um, but yeah a lot of kind of you know thin single vehicle service road uh, dirt path so a lot of our cross-country type stuff there's rolling hills uh, once you get further back through the straightaway and uh, just tons of different loops and stuff and you can mix it up a lot back there on kind of 30 35 minute 40 minute tempos so anything long that's kind of over 25 minutes of straight work um, where you're kind of hitting those zones um, is definitely a gun club day for us and so it's a 25 minute warm up out here we'll cover a lot of uh, mileage actually back in gun club and then and then head home another 25 minutes so these are kind of like our 90 to 100 minute workout days for um, the guys running the top mileage uh, for the workouts and and this is kind of like a really big early season get fit and, and just go back and kind of lose yourself in, in that, that tempo zone. So I'm Heather, I run um, cross country and track with the University of Guelph and with Speed River Track and Field Club. Um, I run 5K and 10K and swing to move up to halves and some more road races uh, in the future. Heather Patrick first came onto my radar as a Griffin when she broke the national junior record in the indoor 5000, running a 1631 just one week after a long collegiate cross country season back in 2014. Now Heather has battled some injuries on and off since, and we chatted about that, but First, we started by talking about her arrival in Guelph. Here, coming in, I was um, I was a distance runner at heart. I did a couple five Ks before coming into my uh, rookie year, and um, and it was great to get to know the team a little bit at some of those races that I did down in the states in high school. And um, I knew where I wanted to head, and I knew I wanted to move up um, to like halves and ten Ks and longer distances. And Guelph definitely definitely helped um, shape my my goals in that respect um, with like the role models of the distance team here and um, just the coaching and um, just the community of everything. 
Um, so I came in and uh, had a great first year, a great second year. Um, unfortunately, had an injury after second year. Um, but, uh, but yeah, my first couple years were, um, were great to learn from the, the team. Um. So I really think it's a, it's a neat dynamic because you can go out and you can watch you know, a workout that, that the Speed River team is doing. Uh, and, you know, you'll just see a whole pack of very talented athletes mm-hmm. uh, going after it. We talked a little bit beforehand uh, about Katrina Allison and, mm-hmm. and how you guys like to match up in, in workouts. Talk to me about that workout atmosphere and how it's been beneficial for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. Um, like you mentioned, Katrina, especially we were um, training partners for um, for a couple months and we were both um, aiming to run 10Ks back in 2015. And um, it's great just to have, I guess with Katrina, it was just the two of us, so it was nice to have a close um, connection with someone else who had the exact same goals um, and working together that way. But the great thing about Guelph is that um, there's also so many other people that have maybe not the same specific goals of running a 10K, but um, the same goals of, for example, when we would transition to cross country, we had a huge group of us. So um, it was nice just to have um, everybody support in that kind of training and have like a close group of everybody pushing each other, but then also having um, the small group of someone with exact same specific goals that you can um, work a lot more closely with. The women's team at at the University of Guelph, you know, for the past 12 years, you guys mm-hmm. have held that national title. And, uh, and that's been something that, that no doubt has been very special to you, but you know, it's almost the thing, thing of legends, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, mentally, how does that how does that play into your own racing when when you put on that University of Guelph singlet? It's it's it means a lot because it means we're not just racing for ourselves, but we're racing for everybody else, every past, present, and future Griffin to come because um, they've all put in that work to make that um, legendary kind of uh, <laughs> stream of um, national titles. And everything we do is not just for ourselves, but for um, for everybody who's put in work for us to get to where we are. If you go to an indoor meet, um, and you know, every, every single Griffin is supporting all the other Griffins. Mm-hmm. How would you say that that has played into your races? Does that put, you know, almost an unwanted pressure on, or, you know, is it, is it all very positive and you feel like you've been elevated by it? I feel like it's, for me, it's really positive because you know you're mm-hmm. racing for more than just yourself, but you also know if things don't go the way you want, everybody else is there just to have your back and pick you up and uh, help you keep going. So um, everybody's there to share your successes with you, but also everybody's there um, when things don't go well and, and they know that, uh, that you'll be back at it and, and help you get to where you are. You have some fantastic uh, PBs over, over 5,000 uh, meters. I mean, uh, 1705 on the roads, uh, 1604 on the track. Uh, as we mentioned, 1631 uh, indoors, those those are all great. You've expressed, uh, you know, that desire to run the longer distances, uh, and I'm sure that that would translate very well to that as well too. Um, I think it needs to be talked about. A couple of years ago, you were you were on the list for two different 10,000s on, on the track um, at Peyton Jordan, <clears throat> and a little bit later in in London as well too. Uh, you've you've gotten injured and you've kind of been on and off uh, with them ever since then. But I th- I think you're in a pretty good place because they have a very good IST team here. Mm-hmm. Uh, what kind of relationship do you have with the with the IST team here and uh, specifically who who's really helped you out a lot? 
So, um, so yeah, there's tons of support at Guelph, and I think having so many injuries really made me realize the importance of the team. Um, I mean, obviously, everybody is so important getting to you, getting you to your successes, but I think mm -hmm. it, it's sometimes it's when you need people the most is when things aren't going well. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, with the help of Dave, um, <coughs> Brenda, uh, Dr. Mountjoy, our sports doc, um, Eric, nutritionist, Kyle, um, Margo, or Marco, sorry, um, Marcel, just everybody, everybody that's um, around is so helpful. And um, and there's so many times I had, like, I've had 16 million reasons why I might want to give up, but everybody's always there reminding me of why I should keep going and keep fighting to get back to where to where I was. Um, and yeah, there's just so much support from from everybody that it's uh, really helped me get through all my all my injuries. Um, you know, a topic that's really touched on these days uh, is the whole idea of female role models, um, whether it be in general in sports or within in general our sport, mm -hmm. uh, more specifically our our sport. Uh, I would say that this club probably has one of the more comprehensive systems that way. Uh, and that you have Chris Duchesne, um, you know, second fastest Canadian mm -hmm. female marathoner of all time. Uh, you have someone like Jean Viev, who is just doing amazing things on, on the world stage. You know, training around those people, being around those people, yeah, you know, what, what kind of effect has that had on you and, and your running? Krista is such a great mo role model because um, she's the definition of balance between training, um, a career, a family, um, and I think that's what is the most important is to not just be completely dedicated just to running, but to have all the other aspects in life too um, <clears throat> that are involved. And um, I have unfortunately haven't been able to do any workouts with her um, just because I've we just haven't matched up like when I've been injured and. Um, and she's been around and stuff, but I have had a lot of great conversations with her and um, it's great to have her around. And, um, and yeah, Jen, when I was in my first year as a Griffin, she was, it was her last year and uh, she even right from the get-go of me coming to Guelph, even from my recruiting visits, she was um, the definition of what a Griffin is with dedication, talent, um, inspiration, and just really hardworking. So I think right from my first uh, first year here she's been um, a big role model to me and it was great watching um, all her successes last summer and like the one before it with the Olympics and uh, just great to be it and to know um, that people around us have done great things and know that um, that we can uh, I can uh, strive for the same goals you know how, at this point how much do you want to, how, how ready are you to get back to putting in regular training again I'm I'm so excited. It's been uh, quite a while off. I first fractured my foot in April 2015 while training for 10K, um, and didn't end up racing that summer. Um, and then I I raced the ice cross country in 2015, fall 2015, but that was still on a fractured foot, and it was just kind of on and off. And uh, I had a good solid block of training back from April 2016 until November 2016, and it was. Um, I was moving up to a lot more kind of 10K training, long tempos, um, in training for the cross country national championships, which moved up to 10K um, for that year in Kingston. And um, moving up to that kind of like long distance training, I, I knew that was what I wanted to do. And, um, and it was just a great reminder of how much, I, how much I love it and 
um, how much, as Dave says, it feeds my soul uh, to be out there grinding it out on the trails. Um, so even just with a couple months back in between then, um, it was just a great reminder um, of how much how much I love it. And then I ended up refracturing my foot in November 2016 after nationals during or during the race, I guess at nationals um, was off until July of 2017, so um, almost eight months. And then I was back training for cross country for a couple months until October when I recently uh, fractured my sacrum on both the left side and the right side. But um, but yeah, even just the small small bursts of training in the middle of all the time off is enough to uh, remind me of how much I can't wait to get back out there. Well, I think that that leads to a good question. I mean, you have obviously had quite a bit of time off due to it, uh, a lot of time cross training and that sort of stuff. Through all those all those long spells, how how do you stay committed to the sport and how do you stay motivated about it? It's just the little things like going to watch OUs or mm-hmm. going out to a practice and helping out with the VO2s or, or something like that and then seeing how hard everybody's working here and remembering what it's like to be in that group and um, just kind of staying connected with the team throughout and even even with cross training there's um always some teammates here and there that are joining me in the pool or on the bike and uh and it's great just to see the successes of everybody around and not just on the um like the griffin side of things but even for example trevor with his marathon and uh and he had just came off of i guess not just came off of but he had a small injury over the summer actually a stress fracture over the summer and the fact that he can come back after an injury and do something like that um, with his marathon and um, just like the dedication determination of everybody around here and the help from the coaches and IST um, really working to help me get healthy so I can get yeah. back to doing uh, what I love. You know, you are a student athlete and we've talked about the athlete side for uh, for quite a bit, but uh, let's talk about the, the student side of it. Um, you know, you're doing your master's now. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I believe that that means that that you could be a griffin for for a couple more years yeah uh, talk to me about about your program and and uh what you've learned there and maybe is there anything that you can apply from that to your training so i'm uh one of my supervisors for my master's is uh dr jamie burr who's an exercise physiologist with our team um so it's great to have um the exercise side of things with my with my research for my master's and um my thesis is going to um, look at the efficacy of different types of exercise in terms of improving uh, cardiometabolic health in pre-diabetics. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit different from most of the research done in Dr. Burr's lab. That's that's um, a lot of it is performance-based, but I'm hopeful. I'm looking at how exercise can not just um, uh, like be from not just from a performance perspective, but how it can improve health in the long run. Mm-hmm. And um, it really makes me realize the um, the importance of exercise, not just from performance, but from um, just like an overall well-being perspective, and just the uh, like the enjoyment that I get from uh, running and training. Um, I'm hoping to kind of share that with other people who it could uh, have a meaningful impact in their life. So I guess there, there's really only one more question to be asked: What does the future of Heather Patrick hold? Future of Heather Patrick. Well, um, step one is not being stress fractured for more than three months at a time. Um, But I'm sticking around Guelph to do uh, my master's. So Mm -hmm. I'm just starting my first year this September. So I'll be here um, at least until August 2019. 
uh, for a two-year master's and I do have one year of eligibility left so hoping that will be next year um, mm -hmm. to be back out there with the uh, with the cross-country girls on our team mm -hmm. and um, I do eventually want to move up to half marathons and marathons and um, that's definitely on my on my uh, goals for the future and um, yeah just getting back healthy and then once I'm back healthy and getting some solid training in um, getting back to racing and and being out there again Ross's road trip two-time national cross-country champion Ross Proudfoot takes us on a tour of Guelph to see all the best workout spots and places important to the team um, so we just pulled in here to the, the extension basically we have the Guelph Arbor Arboretum that's uh, uses our cross-country course so we've actually uh, built a cross-country course here um, we've held numerous national championships here for both the CIS level as well as uh, club nationals um, and right now we're parked uh, just among the beehives here for uh, the Guelph beekeeping uh, courses or or classes that they have um, and so I mean this is this is a huge spot for us in terms of interval training and cross so anytime we're doing you know k repeats 500 meters 2k repeats or anything that's kind of measured distance um vo2 max workouts so anything like mile repeats and stuff we'll have the loop out here um so it's a little bit under construction right now because uh, guelph's actually doing a, a bit of work for some agricultural space um up in the top portion that's usually our start finish and um, because we're not hosting any nationals currently it's a good time to do it um, so we still have access to uh, about a 1400 meter loop here on, on the back, but usually we have a, a 2K loop, a 2.5K loop, and we'll just kind of run circuits around that and, uh, and you know, get our interval or our mixed zone type workouts in. So my first year at Guelph in uh, 2010, I won Junior Nats here. Um, so that was, that was huge for me. I came in as, uh, as CIS Rookie of the Year. Um, but definitely um, in high school, you know, being a seventh place guy at OFSA, this was kind of my first season where I really kind of broke through. So I was able to, you know, win, win a couple races that season, uh, my opener at, at London and then uh, junior nationals here. So I got to pull away from uh, some some really good studs now and somebody's of mine. But uh, Rob Deneau was uh, second, I believe, or third and, and Luke Bruchette was second or third. Um, so that kind of rounded out the podium. So it's kind of cool to look back. Um, you know, that's kind of when I first came onto the scene as, as someone that was, you know, going to be strong for a, for a five year career here at Guelph. And, and I mean, this is where we do all of our work and we've had OUA champs here, CIS champs. Um, I mean, there's a huge finishing hill at the end, so that's kind of the memorable staple of the course. And anyone that's kind of finished up it knows that, you know, it can make or break you in terms of, you know, five, 10 spots or, or win or lose. So, um, even at the front, you're kind of always just <laughs> cranking up it and, and hoping that there's not someone coming up behind. Cause it's always going to be hard, uh, finishing, you know, the last 250 meters kind of uphill. We're just kind of on Riverside park, which is essentially, um, a bunch of parks string together with trail um, down both sides of, of the river and split up. There's uh, a lot of bridges kind of going across just as the main streets of Guelph kind of intersect with the park. So um, this is our infamous site for the bridges workout. And this is definitely like the center of town. So, um, you know, this is one of the places we're going to have more eyes on for sure with the public. Um, 
um, the other place being kind of on campus where we might do some loops and stuff when there's going to be a lot of people moving through and kind of that's awareness for the university team, but definitely out here and, and with kind of our, our club affiliation with the community and the marathoners and stuff, you know, you'll definitely uh, get some heads turned when you're rolling through uh, through the park at, at high speed. So definitely one of those those areas where you're definitely getting a little bit of attachment to the community and, and, uh, and the community's main park. Yeah, so the the main one is uh, the the bridges workout, which is essentially we'll have a lot of post collegiates doing cross country in the fall, and uh, and the Guelph team will match up here. And so you've got a number of bridges um, across the actual river, um, connecting the the basically the circumference um, park trail. And so because we've got behind us the Gordon Street Bridge, and then at the other end the Edinburgh Bridge, and there's actually uh, a bridge in between that's lightly used with traffic, and then just a hydro pedestrian bridge um, over the dam beyond that. Um, there's a number of bridges that you go past way around the circumference, and so we'll run um, around the Gordon Bridge all the way out through to the Edinburgh Bridge, and every time you hit uh, one of the separate bridges, it's a gear change. So you're always settling in either to a tempo pace or then into a race pace. So we'll, you know, settle in for a tempo and then you'll hit another bridge and, and then hop right on that 10 K fast flying, you know, sub three minute K race pace. Um, and the best part about it is depending how you run it, you're always going to hit an odd number of bridges. There's actually seven because there's also one bridge that, um, doesn't go across um, the actual Speed River itself. It goes across a smaller little uh, side creek, and so that's another gear change bridge. So every time you run it, either reverse or, or forwards, we're always kind of running different length intervals at race pace or different length intervals um, at tempo. So it keeps us mixing it up for sure, and uh, we'll always have a huge crew rolling around the river, and um, it's just a, a neat kind of uh, workout for those gear changes and stuff uh, to simulate a race. Evan Esselink is a former NCAA guy running for Indiana, but moved to Guelph to continue his dream of making it to the Olympic Games. Evan, this past year, was the Canadian 10,000-meter champ, but was also part of the national team at the cross-country championships in Uganda, and also repped the red and white at the FISU Games. This year has already started off on the right foot with Evan going 64.08 in the Houston half with chances of making the World Half Marathon Championship looking pretty good at this point. We started out by talking about where we were, a house full of high-caliber athletes about a mile south of the university. All right. Uh, yeah, well, where we are right now, well, first of all, obviously, we're in Guelph, uh, the hub of Speed River. Uh, and um, we are actually in my uh, kitchen, living room, <laughs> dining room area um, at Dinson, we call it. Um, yeah, pretty central Guelph. Um central to a lot of my teammates and not pretty really close to university just a mile south of that um yeah that's uh where we are right now maybe we can talk about the the dimson house uh who else is here and uh you know who are who are some of the roommates and some of the characters who inhabit here yeah um well here we have four guys myself included um there's andrew nixon um he might no, whoever's listening to this, uh, he's a CIS champion in cross country, and we have um, Trevor Hoffbauer, uh, very new to Guelph. He's um, half marathon marathon guy, um, will is my training partner right now. Um, then we have, uh, I guess, a mixed bag of winners. We got Gregory McNeil setting it off the uh, setting off the other end of the spectrum, and he's our 400 hurdler. Um, I guess he did 110 hurdles most of his career but in the past year or two he's moved up to the four hurdles and 
seeing some good things out of him as well. Um, he was contributing to that uh, Griffin uh, U Sports inaugural U Sports champs uh, mm-hmm. indoors, and uh, yeah, it's great to have him around. It's really cool to have the you know distance side all the way from Trevor down to four hurdles. It I was interested to see how some of us like live, but we all get along really well together, and um, yeah, enjoy it a lot. So with that. Would you say that there's a certain amount of you know accountability uh, that comes with living that with that sort of caliber of athlete? Absolutely. Um, what I really like is you know exactly what you say the accountability. Um, whether it's even just you know if I were like living at home, let's say mm-hmm. I uh, had to go do a morning run and it's in the winter and it's cold. Well, if I'm in the winter now and I don't do a morning run, like. Trevor's probably going to know and that won't sit in my mind well and like it'll get me like thinking about you know just even as much as going out with Trevor with Mm -hmm. Andrew like out for a run um it's always nice to have someone there um you know I actually to relate to the accountability part um before I uh moved to Guelph I was living at home in Curtis for uh, a couple months and I my mom like actually came to the indoor track with me and just I told her I'm like this is my workout this is what I got to do mm-hmm. and just by her being there like made sure I did it and that goes a long way with just being a post-leaded professional athlete self-motivation as well the motivation mm-hmm. of uh, accountability just with your own roommates it's a it's a great thing to have around I guess there's also the psychology part of things as well too uh with with distance running I would say especially psychology is such a large part of the equation you know maybe maybe could you talk about that a little bit i mean i know for a fact that there have been some injuries in this household and stuff you know like how do you guys help each other out and and get yourselves through those times yeah um yeah like you said psychology is a huge thing um i actually didn't realize how big of a part it was maybe i didn't even get that in my collegiate career at indiana i um it's been the past year or two still discovering it still a lot to discover in terms of that um but there can be times yeah when you get like pretty down from an injury um i'm actually like somewhat injured right now um i just have a little bit of a hiccup with my ankle and visu coming up in a in a month so it, it can be stressful um but you know like i actually just simple as like having a great roommate like uh trevor hoffbauer like he uh i did my first run with him in a while just because he was injured and um, I was doing doubles and whatnot and now I'm doing kind of singles and we don't match up a lot from work and whatnot but um, I was able to do a 30 minute run with him just uh, yesterday and uh, you know he like gave me like a, a good like props after saying like it's good to have good to run with you again and just those little things um, they go a huge way in making it easier on yourself mentally um, you know with Nixon he's had a lot of uh, big hiccups even since since I've moved in here basically uh, which I can tell takes a toll on him but um, you know he's been able to get out for workouts and he's been able to get back in racing which was a huge step for him mm-hmm. um, you know being a CIS champ like that again and having all those injuries it's a you know big shoes to fill and we all understand that so as simple as like just little things like yeah man like how are you feeling today or showing that you do care because we do um it's uh it goes a long way into keeping you mentally like tasked and in the zone and 
you know, and, and on downtime, it's good to have that let go and just to, you know, release your um, mental state and not always think about running and stuff because it can be a lot at times. But um, I think we all like help each other out really well. And uh, yeah, it's just great to live with people that help that. You mentioned Indiana and, and maybe not knowing what you're doing as, as far as the psychology and how that fit into your race plan. Uh, I do want to talk about that transition from the NCAA uh, because Speed River was not your junior club. So, you know, coming back, I would imagine that there would have had to have been a, a little bit of shopping around and, and that sort of stuff. What was it from Speed River that really brought you here? Yeah. Um, well, when I graduated from Indiana, um, I was looking at several American groups. Um, I liked living in the U.S. a lot. Uh, mm. Canada is always home and always has that main part, part of my heart. Um, but yeah, I was looking at several U.S. groups and um, well, there's a lot of conflictions with um, being able to even stay, uh, not being good enough to have a P1 visa, which is basically the visa I would be pretty sure Derek Druin would be on when he was um, still training in the U.S. And, uh, yeah, so I, I knew that Canada was going to be, like, where, where I was going to go. Um, I don't like to say it's not by choice because it wasn't really. Like, I kind of, like, almost had to. But um, it was basically down to, um, you know, I was looking at Speed River and BCP, uh, British Columbia Endurance Project. Uh, and it was... The, the decision like kind of already came to my mind pretty quickly um, just from um, you know I, I met with Dave I uh, uh, emailed coach Robert Lee a little bit um, back and forth about their group um, I was always leaning towards Speed River just from being in Indiana for five years at school I was pretty far away from home uh, and it was nice to be like you know I'm only 90 minutes away I can go home on weekends which I'm gonna do this weekend mm-hmm. and uh, it's nice to have that but you know I met with Dave for uh, 20 or 30 minutes took a visit and um, when I left his office I was like yeah I'm gonna go to Speed River and um, it's not that he's a very persuasive talker or anything but it's just I could tell he's very genuine um, he I liked that he's a lot like my coach was in Indiana as in like he'll tell you how it is um, and you know he'll he'll keep you honest um, mm-hmm. and he'll he will hold you accountable for like what you're doing um, so I'd yeah, I know. He, he gave me a good feeling uh, when I met with him in his office and, uh, you know, had a bit of a transition a couple months at home, then moved to Guelph here and uh, have never regretted it. Yeah. So I, I think there's making that initial decision, uh, but then naturally what follows is, is a little bit of, I don't want to say second thoughts, but uh, I guess that is what I mean. S- second thoughts. What was What was the moment that you... You, it kind of clicked for you and you're like, no, I made the right decision. I'm in the right place. This is where I, I should be. Yeah. Um, well, I'll say, I think it was middle of February, beginning of February of 2016, it would have been, mm-hmm. um, where like the day that I moved here and I will be honest, I did not feel like, it didn't feel like home. Um, <laughs> it didn't feel great. Uh, I like, I missed Indiana a ton. Um, I missed home a lot. Um, it was... You know, it, it was kind of weird, like mixed feelings. Um, I actually took a visit to Guelph um, to go to school here for my undergrad, um, but I just 
I didn't like it, to be honest. I just didn't have like a great time. I didn't get a good feeling from it. I was already very dead set on going the NCAA. That's always been a dream of mine. So I think I already had that in my mind as well. Although I do think that Guelph is a great school and uh, I'm actually going to be attending here like in the fall. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, I, I think that it actually clicked. Um, I'd say like two months, two months in where I was like, you know, it, it is I'll actually, I will say that it's almost as soon as like the, the weather got nicer. Um, <laughs> I was spoiled in Indiana to be honest. And like, it, it's always sunny there, even in the winter. Um, and so I had a bit of like just a winter depression to go along with the move. So I think that just piled up even, uh, even more. Uh, so yeah, I mean, yeah, by April, I'd say I, I, you know, I, I was doing a few like road races and everything under Dave and like the new training and it was going well. So I could see that it was working for me. I was getting to know the team a lot better. Um, the, I'm pretty close with the collegiate guys. Um, they are a big part of our group. Um, they're on their own schedule a lot during the winter, just with CIs, CIs and um, rightfully so. And so after their season was done, they were transitioning to outdoors. I got to know them a little more, trained with them, and it felt like the team I had in Indiana, but here. So mm-hmm. I, I like that huge, big team feel. Um, and that made it uh, all the more apparent that this was the the right choice for me. You, you mentioned uh, a bit of a train change in training plan, uh, and I guess you're you're always going to run into that. How similar was the, were the training plans from Indiana to here? Um, I will say there's very few similarities. Actually, oh, okay. um, yeah, it's it's really different. Um, you know, just to kind of get the gist of it. Um, We'll start with that. Indiana, it was basically two workouts a week we would do. Uh, we work out Tuesday and Friday. Uh, Sunday long run was like structure. That was always at like nine o'clock in the morning on Sundays. Um, we'd do like more like heavier lifting, I'd say, on uh, Mondays and Wednesdays. Okay. Um, our, you know, our, the actual pace of our runs could be faster because we were only doing two workouts a week. Um, so yeah, like whether running between six and six thirty miles that's usually the the pace that i would do for my off days um yeah i think that's around 345 to 410 k's around there um and then uh so that's basically how indiana training was um we'd also race a lot um but i think that's just the whole collegiate system in general um especially in ncaa but uh now here uh we tend to do three workouts a week and that's monday wednesday friday um the Sunday long run isn't as structured as I had at Indiana. It's kind of like on your own, up to you kind of thing, whether you even want to do it or not. But I think as a 10K, 5K athlete, I, I definitely have to. That's something very key in my training, at least in the base phase especially. Um, so, yeah, and, and, oh, we do lift as well. Um, Taylor Milne is my, like, lifting coach, and I actually like that a lot. Um, I think it's really cool. It's uh, a lot more, like, plyometric um everything we all the weights we do is kind of like standing um which is really different because that's like the forces you have to fight when you're running um so yeah i you know it's it's definitely very different and it's been tough to adjust but i've found like this middle ground that i believe really works for me and um will continue to show results and even more so the upcoming year You've, uh, since you've come to Speed River, um, correct me if I'm wrong here, but you've actually PB'd in the five, um, pretty close in the 10, no? 
Um, not honestly, no, no. <laughs> okay. I, no, it's all good. Uh, I did PB in the five. I finally ran under fourteen. Mm-hmm. Um, the the ten, I've had a little bit of trouble with. Um, for whatever reason, um, that's still something. As I said, mentally, mm-hmm. I think that's a big thing. I have a uh, things to figure out, but. Yeah, I ran 2855 my um, last year at Indiana at Stanford. Um, and then I've run, fast as I've run under Speed River was this past year at Mount Sac, and I ran 2917. Um, I ran 2920 at the Inferno. Um, so I've had more consistent runs in the 10K, also a very long season. Um, I think I could have run faster if um, I hadn't done World Cross. Um, right. cause there was knack as before that. And it was, it's a very long season, but, um, you know, Dave Scott Thomas, my coach, he, he told, he warned me that, you know, putting world cross aside and just concentrating on the track could probably have a better chance to run faster. Mm-hmm. Um, which is absolutely true. Like you, you can only go so hard so long. And, yeah. um, so I knew that coming in, but world cross was something that I had to do in my career and it's an opportunity I could not pass up at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I knew that going in, um, I've had some, I think I've had a big jump in cross country, um, placing fifth at nationals. I think that was a, a really good performance, um, and pretty quick time as well on the day. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, n- no big, uh, improvements in the 10, but a little PB in the 5k, which, you know, at, you'll take any PB you can get. <laughs> there's uh there's one thing in the, in that last statement that you made that, that kind of stuck out to me. And it's something that I've noticed a little bit, maybe you can expand on it, uh, in that Dave talked to you about the options that you had as far as World Cross goes, um, you know, and said, well, if you do this, you can do this, or if you do this, you can do that. Would you say that a lot of, you know, those sorts of decisions are left up to the individual athletes for you to kind of figure out he's only there as a, you know, a guiding person? Absolutely. He, you know, he's, he just kind of like, he lets you make choices of where you want to race and everything, which is really great. Um, and I love that he he's very uh, driven to like it's what event you're doing is the one you should really focus on. So, you know, like at Indiana, we'd run some 1500s even outdoors. I haven't done one in four or five years now. <laughs> um, just almost like as workouts and stuff. But he's very much like you want to race well in the 10K. Like let's get 10Ks in. Um, mm-hmm. Which makes total sense because the 5K is for me is like a missed opportunity in the 10. Um, even though I do so want would like to do 5Ks, I actually only was able to do one 5K this past season, um, just because being a 5K, more so 10K athlete like myself, it's the opportunities are few and far between, um, and yeah, it it takes a while to recover from those races and um, yeah. Uh, oh, to get back to your question, but yeah. on a tangent, um, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, he uh, he's very much, um, you know, like th- this is what I th- this is my opinion on this matter. That mm-hmm. cer- certain was that he's seen people do like you know I have NACAT cross three weeks before you have World Cross and the whole travel going to Africa, the shots, the mm-hmm. you know on the way back I had like three hours of sleep and forty two hours and just <laughs> about lost it on my roommate uh, Gregory who came in the, <laughs> I came in the door and he was. 
he was like, oh, hey, buddy, what's up? And I said, don't talk to me. I'm going to bed. <laughs> and, and <laughs> I was in a really bad move. And I think that kind of stuff does take a toll on you. And mm-hmm. you have to have a bit of a break after that. And that kind of compromised my performance at um, Mount Sac and Peyton Jordan, which I didn't know I was going to get into until about a week before, uh, which was great. Um, but, yeah, he, he's very much like he lets you be aware. Um, he respected the fact that I really wanted to do World Cross. Um, and he said, you know, that's a great thing that you want to do. Um, if you really want to run well in the track 10K, I suggest you don't do it. But if that means really well to you and I wanted to do really well at World Cross as well, that was a big uh, thing of mine. Um, he was like, yeah, like, l- let's do it. Well, let's get you like running well in both the, the best we can. So, yeah, he's a, it's great to have him and be like that and really just be there for guidance, but not necessarily always making firm decisions like, no, you're doing this or else I'm not coaching you. It's not like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Ezekiel, okay, at your last couple of years, um, you came fourth at the, at the Road 5K Championships last year. Um, you know, you went to World's Cross this year, which means you would have qualified at, at Kingston. Um, you, you also won the 10,000 meter champs, mm-hmm. uh, this past year as well here on the, on the home track in Guelph. Yeah. What, what's kind of been the, the standout moment for you since you've arrived in Guelph? Um, this standout moment for me, I'd say, uh, making world cross was a big deal. Um, that was something, you know, like I did feel some, a good amount of pressure. I was running really well all fall, uh, this past fall. Yeah. Between fourth at, um, the 5k champs losing to, uh, three Olympians. Um, <laughs> I it was nothing to frown upon, uh, you know, getting, you know, just chasing prize money on the roads, running well at, um, yeah, Canadian running series, uh, races. Um, you know, I had, I had some pretty good confidence going into cross, uh, cross nationals. And I knew that the top six were going to go to world cross and, um, my goal was the top five spot and I was fifth. So I was very happy with that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think like, you know, right after that race, just saying my mom really happy and, you know, my parents, they support me a lot doing what I'm doing. Um, and, uh, they were really happy to see that I had such a great race and a lot of my family was there and that was a really good moment right there. Just like after the race, knowing that I had the little golden ticket thing and was going to go to world cross. Um, that was a, a pretty special one. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'd say that was like the highlight thus far. Um, winning 10 K champs was, was great as well. Um, and, uh, even placing fourth in the 5 K in Ottawa, which, which was, which was really good as well. Um, overall this year has been very positive, not seeing PBs and whatnot, but I think very consistent performances that, um, I've been able to have like a lot of those performances that are, you know, letter grade B or higher than, uh, this high, low, high, low, very few, um, a races. And I've gotten those out of myself the past year. So I think the consistency will lead to big PVs over the next year. Um, yeah, I'm really, really happy about, uh, my cross season in particular. You know, looking back at that, at that 10,000 meter championships, um, you know, as alumni field here in Guelph, uh, you know, crossing that line had to feel, you know, really, really special knowing that you're a Canadian champion. Uh, how important is it that there is that local support within the community uh, and that there are the big local races like there was here? 
Uh, it's immensely important, I think. I think it's huge for Canadian athletics. Um, we have a vision for Guelph um, in the future, uh, however long it's going to take, but we want it to be, you know, running hub of Canada. Like, we want, um, a, which we have, like, a great post-collegiate group, but we want an even better one. Uh, we want to keep the community in, and that's and it, it was it was huge. There was actually more people in the stands than I thought were going to be. Hmm. Um, I, uh, yeah, obviously in the race, like being, f- whatever, you know, from Canada and, um, you know, just uh, winning on the home track, especially, it was great. Um, Gilly won the previous year, um, actually running, I forget that race, is in Toronto, the 10K. Uh, he did in the same day, this crazy double. And mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a, uh, you know, shoes to fill a little bit, um, but um, he actually paced uh, 8K of that race this year of Canadian champs here in Guelph, um, which was really nice to, he kind of like pass on the torch to me, and I hope that, um, you know, the winner of that race continues to be someone from Speed River from for every year. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that, that meet, um, you know, the international attraction that we had as well, uh, one of my best friends, Rory Hunter, was there from Australia. Um, you know, we had a lot of I think the I being the distance self that I am I don't know all that much about sprints but I think the sprints were really good at that meet as well I think we had some good names come um, we were supposed to have more guys in the 1500 we were supposed to be pretty stacked um, having a couple Americans and whatnot but I think a lot of them had to um, forfeit like their uh, other things popped up or whatever in their season and it isn't the biggest meet. There's a lot of other meets in the U.S. that are that are larger, but being an NTL uh, meet like that, um, I think it's really going to grow. And I think uh, you know, just the the fan participation, how much um, you know, I I think it's a a great thing we got built on the the other end of the track. Now it's uh, like this. From my understanding, it's basically a place where people can go like drink and watch races, uh, which I think is is really cool mm-hmm. um i think that will help attract more people and get them interested in the sport as well um yeah i uh i, I think it's a really cool thing and the meet was really great and yeah yeah you mentioned the future there and uh that actually seems like a, a great place to to really wrap things up i mean the thing with speed river is that there is the marathon group there's a road group uh that you can train with if that's what you so desire and, and moving up but uh you know looking at you personally Evan Esselink, where do you see yourself, you know, in the next four years, the next five years, uh, as far as that goes? Yeah, I, uh, well, I've, uh, a big goal of mine, just like any post-collegiate athlete, I think is to, um, I mean, just in, in my opinion, it always has been the Olympic dream. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Tokyo 2020 is the ultimate, um, prize i guess you could say um it's uh it's something i'm pretty driven towards um i will be staying personally on the track um in the 10k i think that's where my um you know uh, standards tough it's 28 it's, it might be 27 45 uh, come time um could even be faster but you know i don't i've had a lot of these talks with trevor and we both completely agree um we hate it when people complain about standards being hard. The AC sets these hard standards, like because no one's going in events. But it's like that's what our country needs to succeed. It's not, 
you know, it's, it's not looking at a record or standard and being like, okay, I need to do that. Cause if you just reach for the standard, you might fall short. But if, if you can reach higher, you know, like I, I do think I can get farther under the standard than that. Um, especially by 2020, um, then, then you can get standard, but it's, uh, you know, it's about the growth of our sport in this country. Um, and I think it's got a bright future. Um, but yeah, sorry, I, uh, got off again, but <laughs> I, uh, no, I think, I think I'm going to stay with the, uh, the 10. Um, I have like some ideas, uh, or some, you know, thoughts of going on the roads eventually. Um, I don't know if I'll get there. Um, I think it really depends on the next couple years that I'm giving myself in the sport. Um, if that, makes that all sense like it's to see uh what what will happen over the next years will i think no matter what over the next year or two with how i do i might try roads maybe like dabble in a bit of half marathon and stuff um whether i actually get to the full marathon i hope i do um but a lot of that kind of depends on my success in the 10 um and a lot of people might look at that and say, no, you should go to the marathon now. Like Canadian marathoning is hot. Cause I've, I've heard that too many times, but the thing is, is I love racing on the track and I love the 10 K. Um, and I, and I truly think that I can get a lot better than I am. I think there's a lot more there. Um, and I think that's where I'll be in, in the next couple of years for sure. Yeah. Ross's road trip. Two-time national cross-country champion, Ross Proudfoot, takes us on a tour of Guelph to see all the best workout spots and places important to the team. Um, so we're here at the uh, University of Guelph Cannon. It's in the center of campus, just off kind of our main strip that's called Weingard. So um, this is a huge like campus community type item. Everybody paints it. And so what you do is you uh, camp out the cannon to lay claim on it for the night. And you can only paint it when the sun's down. So different clubs or community members will come in and like kind of like camp out, make sure no one else can get it for that night come up with some sort of design or cool idea so basically every morning the cannon's got a new uh, face on and it can be very creative sometimes it's hilarious other times you know it's just sending a big message or um or something like that so the track team always tries to camp it out the last day of uh classes and so we always try to get the uh, griffin track and field on there uh, a couple years back someone uh, stenciled a couple people from the team actually on it so me and Romo were actually on the cannon which was pretty cool um, a big thing about it for our team was basically if you can't paint the cannon on the last day of classes you're supposed to be a rookie the next season and you have to go back and try to paint it the next season so often where rookies are out at like 8 a.m 7 a.m the morning and then they have to take shifts to camp out all night mm -hmm. uh to get to darkness to actually paint it with our colors so it's uh also it's pretty busy last day of classes everyone kind of wants to paint it so um you know it's a tough job and um, the next day we will run the Moochie Mile from the start of the cannon uh, and that basically goes straight down Weingard um, all the way to college, college down to Gordon and around and back through Weingard in front of the AC so that's kind of our year-end Moochie Mile, the throwers will come out and do it, everyone dresses up so we've had some unique costumes throughout and um, yeah the whole track team's just out here having a blast so it's it's a great end to kind of a year. Um, so yeah, just finishing the tour up here at the last stop uh, at a convenient time. It's practice in uh, 15 minutes. So we're just at the Alumni Stadium here at Guelph. 
Um, we got our Bynum 400 meter track. It's world class. It's an awesome spot to meet now. Um, it wasn't always like this. We used to have the cinders when I originally came here and we were actually working out at a high school track uh, about 5K away. Um, but yeah, I mean, obvious spot for the whole track team. Uh, we showed a lot of cross country spots off campus where, you know, we go and do workouts and stuff like that. But obviously our 100 plus team is, is out here grinding in the summer. And then uh, just over in our field house to our right um, all winter long. And that's how we're uh, earning the titles across all the events. This has been Something in the Water, a look at the University of Guelph and Speed River Track and Field Clubs. Be sure to check out the carrier of the series, Sidious Mag, for more great running podcasts, editorials, humor, and news. You can find them at SidiousMag.com or on any of the common social media platforms. And also check out the two teams featured, both the Griffins and Speed River, are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I've been Michael Rokas, and if you like this show, also check out my other running podcast, The Terminal Mile. Thanks for listening, and be sure to check back to this place next week for another episode.